Hi. Welcome back to 100 Days a Year podcast. Our podcast, because you need another podcast. This is episode three, Becky Tab is the title. And uh, of course, this is Jeremy Robondo. And my best friend in the world is sitting right next to me, as usual. I sure am, with my <laughs> cup of cinnamon coffee, which uh, I am enjoying very much and is quickly speeding up my speech. So <laughs> I hope you're ready because we're about to rock and roll. It's, so it's been a it's been a real it's been a real long night. Um, we'll tell you about that in just a second. So on our podcast. So remember that our podcast, Hundred Days a Year podcast, is about relationships. Where Becky and I just really revisit past conversations uh, regarding some of the thoughts we've had about relationships, what we find are find important, challenging, you know, coming up with strategies for making them more successful, sometimes working those strategies and finding them less successful. But regardless, we're, you know, we, this is just really our, our thoughts about, about relationships. Principles of Relationship Interpretation, part three. We have no right to tell someone what to do. We only have the right to decide whether or not we can deal with it. Yeah, that's great. You ready to talk about it? I'm ready. So we don't exactly deserve the right to tell somebody what to do, right? We can only decide whether or not we can personally handle what they're doing. Right. You can't destroy someone's agency, whether that's, whether they're behaving, you know, badly or whether they're doing good things if it just doesn't resonate with you you can't modify it or attempt to modify it too much you can just kind of decide this works for me or it doesn't Mm -hmm. and that's not to suggest that you can't negotiate in a relationship and we'll get we'll like dig into what this phrase really means in a second but i just think after a certain amount of negotiation if people don't change if the priorities don't meld together whether it's a you know romantic relationship or a friendship you know you've got to decide well this works for me or it doesn't but making them feel guilty or trying to get them to change or adjust past the point at which they feel comfortable well it doesn't work and you kind of have really no right to do that after a point point. and I think you have to ask the question would you want that would you want to manufacture some kind of trust in somebody else. What do you mean by manufacturing? You know, if if I essentially force you to do something because it'll provide me some sense of security, mm. I'm really trusting in a false sense of security. Yeah, which means you probably wouldn't end up trusting it. Exactly. Right? So if you get someone to do something you want to do, it feels good for a second until you realize maybe that's not them at all. It's yeah. what, you've, what you've kind of asked them to do or forced them to do or compelled them to do, and they might just be doing it just because they don't want the resistance of mm-hmm. you bringing it up again, which means you, which means you probably won't trust it. That's right. It's it's. I feel like it's inviting some loneliness though, because you're really risking. You're you're just risking so much. I know. I feel like, know? I feel like we should have some good news. Like I feel like these podcasts <laughs> have been, basically been like people wrong each other and fail each other. People don't really ever do the best by each other. And so you just have to just continue to keep leaving these relationships over and over again. But I don't think that's really what we're saying. Well, I I, kind of think it is. I mean, in some ways, right? I think we're speaking to the intensity of the type of relationships that we do do desire. Yeah. People like us. People like us. Yeah. Right. People like us who value connection and honesty in relationships over 
mm-hmm. everything else. And that continuing and continual adjustment. You know, one of the things that Becky and I have talked about, you know, we mentioned this last time, and I'm sure we'll mention it several times, is just checking in, decide, you know, asking, you know, what do you need? Mm-hmm. What can I do? Do you have everything you need? You know, have I hurt you? Let's just create a, a space where we can just kind of, you know, come to the table and bear our souls a little bit. You know, and in, and in, you know, doing that, you create the space for hopefully, you know, adjusting your behavior slightly. If you need to modify, pay more attention to something, mm-hmm. not do something, if, if it's easy to let go, you know, I think that's, that's super important. You know, that's part of an ongoing negotiation and relationship. But, um, you know, if you get to a point where, like I was saying before, if you get to a point where you're just almost manipulating someone to do what you want, I mean, you're not going to trust it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're going to live in insecurity. And isn't that what what we're trying to like get past? Exactly. But I think it's a, it's a natural tendency to do that. I mean, if, if you're listening and you resonate with the type of people that we are, because the other option is to honestly be more alone Mm -hmm. most of the time, Mm -hmm. you know, no, people don't really adhere to this type of framework for a relationship and if you're if you really present someone with the criteria for the relationship that you do want most people are not gonna want to be in a relationship like that i know haven't you know we've discussed this before too and just making me think right now like haven't people told you and of course i know the answer to this but haven't people (laughs) haven't haven't people told you whether friends or romantic relationships like you're too much you're exhausting oh i don't know how i can please you Right. You're never happy. You're never happy. Oh, what do you want from me? I can't make you happy. <laughs> right. And that's a separate issue. We don't really ever, you know, we would never look to anyone to complete us and make us happy. That's a separate mm-hmm. podcast or, or two altogether. But putting it aside, we just, you know, people like us, we feel like we just take, we give, but we also, we also take and from in relationships. Maybe that's not the right word. What are we going to say? That's our... That's our strong sense of justice speaking, because we believe that if if we, you know, we're willing to give so much in relationships and we we I don't want to say like demand that we receive the same intensity back, because I don't think it's like, you know, I did this, therefore, comma, I deserve this. I think it's more like I give this way. And in order for me to feel like we have an equilibrium. I'm going to need you to give in the same way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's a deficit. Yeah, right. And we don't do well with deficits. No. No, I, I think we look at the deficit as like a referendum on the quality of the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and the trick is learning how to define that accurately and not emotionally. Because sometimes, of course, you know, we fi- I don't know about you. I always say that. Like, you you're do like know a stranger. About me. I do know about <laughs> you. But, like, you know, it's very easy to just become unaligned and like minimize your feelings. And, and I find that it's easy to do that over and over again, even if you, uh, even if you, you know, prioritize them properly. In other words, what I mean is like you're in a relationship and you say, Hey, look, I need this from you. And I don't sense that you're giving, you know, what, what kind of compromise or adjusting can we come to that? But then you find yourself at another at another issue and then you're reticent to admit it or talk about it you're just like i just want to be okay i want to be chill i want to be the cool friend you know who just doesn't get upset all the time and i think that's why if we're with somebody who kind of regards us as an exhausting person who's needy 
Oh gosh, we hate that word. Ugh. But but I but you know, um, one of my friends, and you know what I'm talking about. We you know he and I were talking about a month ago, and and you know he basically said you know needing someone who's dependent on you, on some level is good, especially if you're that way with them. Mm-hmm. You know I think we all want to we all want to equate healthy with independence, mm-hmm. and I get that. You know, there's a certain amount of independence, of course, of thought of, you know, being able to be by yourself and not need people in Mm -hmm. certain ways. But like, like if you want to genuinely care about someone and have them care about you and be in that, you know, that, that space together, that kind of feels kind of exclusive and special. Mm -hmm. I I just think, I just think that, you know, that kind of dependency is, is not a bad kind of dependency. I think so too, because I think it gives the other person an opportunity to be responsible and and people people do well when they have responsibility of some sort because it provides a sense of accomplishment and purpose and if you don't have that in a relationship and both of you are completely independent of each other then i mean really what what is the point of the relationship is it just like to have fun you know, and this again is romantic or non-romantic friendship or, or dating or whatever. I mean, is the point of the relationship at that point just to go through life and kind of do things together? If there's not like a factor of needing the other person, mm-hmm. what responsibility, what staying power do you have? Right. I would just have a difficult time if I never knew the answer to the question, you know, Becky, do you need my friendship and my my care like if I didn't know that I feel like that would make me insecure and I would be guessing and I I don't think that would that would produce a, a good back and forth or a good relationship between us and I you know I I do know people who genuinely do not sc- discuss any of these things at all with mm-hmm. their friends or with their their partners and I I don't I have a difficult time understanding um like how how they would prioritize intimacy, um, or how they would say in the relationship, "We are close because," mm-hmm. or "I know this person loves me because," and you know we can do this discussion of love languages at a different time and how we you know how we show others that we love them and what we require as being the ultimate acts that <clears throat> that make us feel love and value. But I mean, I without conversation, I just don't understand Mm -hmm. I know it's it's hard to gauge how people connect when they don't verbally articulate what they need or what the relationship means to them Mm -hmm. and you know you you have said so many times that so many people bond over nothing more than you know a shared activity Mm -hmm. or a hobby or a favorite thing to do Mm And I don't think that's wrong. If no, that, of course not. You know, I, I just, I don't understand it for me. So like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to figure out, you know, oh, well, first of all, if you were not like us, I think you would have been gone after the first five minutes of podcast <laughs> one. But, yeah. but if you, if you share and understand uh, a little bit of what we're talking about and discussing, I, I think, I think it, you know, it would behoove you and behoove us to really talk about, you know, why we are the way we are and why we need those things and why that just resonating with someone around a shared activity may not be enough. I think with some people it's enough, but I, I, I just, you know, 
but I don't regard those people as anything more than acquaintances. And frankly, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I have had these long conversations where we don't do acquaintances reasonably, you know, really well. No. I don't know where to put those people. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that like I don't value them. Well, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's a lie. I don't mean it that way. But like, Mm -hmm. I, if I can't put people in a, in a close friend category, I'm not quite sure what to do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how to interact with them because I try to convert, and we talked about this, I try to convert friendships into close friendships if I feel like there's potential. Oh my gosh. I mean, we get attached the second somebody holds the door open for us. Yeah. I mean, we, we just, we long for, we long to know people and for them to know us back. And for care. We like to be cared for. And that sounds, but we also like to return that, you know, that's our way of. That's a way of connecting. It's like the world in which we we just yeah, want to live right, forever. Right, that's right. And I think that's why those interactions are more difficult for us because it, if you know if that element of care and and sensitivity and needing each other is not present, it's really just nothing that we're too interested in. And I you know I think that's why going to having a group of friends that you go to a game with or go to I don't what do people do I don't know we don't really have hobbies we just kind of like to talk and drink coffee but uh, but you know what I'm saying yeah I think it's 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 not so much that they don't have shared closeness is that they don't verbalize it Mm -hmm. and I think it's that last step of, Mm -hmm. of actually verbalizing hey you mean something to me this is really great let's keep doing this or you know I I I just like I said I difficult time and again not being critical because we know plenty of people for whom this is the only way they know how to connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, it just doesn't work for me. It just, it's not the way I want to form relationships. And and do I get to, basically the next question is, do I get to form relationships with people like me who want that kind of uh, connection? And the answer is absolutely I do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's when we begin to know people, you know, regardless of the, the kind of relationship we're talking about, you know, we get to know people. We want to seek to have that connection, and then, and then we push past the the initial stages, and and we really want something close, and then we start to realize that they just, and again, like we mentioned the other day, whether they can't express it, whether they won't mm-hmm. express it, whether they're unable to express that, and I think it makes us feel bad. It does. And then we start to go, well, maybe I made a mistake, and. Not a mistake that you cared about the wrong person, but a mistake in that you kind of assess that person to be someone who would feel similarly to you. Yeah. You know, what do you do then? Yeah. There's so many signs that point to that type of, I guess, deficit, as we could describe it. Mm-hmm. When the other person deflects on their own feelings, and we just want them to say that their feelings matter. We want to like, mm-hmm. we want to talk about that with them. Right. That's so special to us. We just, and, and I think the reason why the verbal processing and the, the verbal articulation is so important to us and makes us feel secure is because it feels like the truest form of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It feels like the most exposed part of that person. Mm-hmm. And to us, that makes us feel like they are willing to be in that, Oh, I see. Emotional state with us. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So if they're being vulnerable, they've really shown us like a a a, a facet. Right. That's only reserved for their very closest people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so then we value the relationship based upon how many times and the intensity of those times that we can experience that vulnerability. Uh huh. 
Well, think about how many times you've looked at someone in the eyes and said, I love you dearly, and if I didn't have you, I would hurt. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, like, even though you and I are comfortable with those statements, it still, like, tugs on your heart pretty hard. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I just feel like that makes it so valuable. Now, isn't it? But it is. It's interesting to understand, you know, to ask why are we wired that way? Mm-hmm. When I think a lot of people, and I'm not trying to like say because we're we're a small minority, because I don't believe that. I think everyone's on this on a, on a spectrum mm-hmm. of, of their level of comfort with intimate verbalization. But I I just think that that just because you and I are comfortable with it doesn't mean we're better people. Right. It just means we just appreciate those things and we kind of want to pull people along with us. We are convinced that if we can have more people be like us and help them become more like us, <laughs> that they'll be enriched too. And I, oh. I, But I have been in relationships with people where they just get exhausted. Mm-hmm. They try to keep up for a while. Yep. And I know somebody out there is going, uh, like light bulbs have just gone off. Like thunder yep. and lightning has just gone off. Because... You know, they've been with people and they've like in the beginning, let's say, I'm going to put it in a, in, a, in a scenario that makes sense. So you're in a beginning dating situation and like you guys are just together. Like you just like in simpatico, you're just communicating and everything seems to be like everything that you want and need. But after a certain point, it could be a couple of weeks, could be a couple of dates, could be a couple, you know, could be a couple of years. And that person is just worn out mm-hmm. because they don't exist in that space and they don't know how to recharge away from that. You know, I don't know. I, I'm, oh, you know, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I'm an expert, and I and I no, know I... know what the recovery part of that is for those people. But you and I can be in this place all day long, mm-hmm. every day, every day. And some people they just can't. Mm-hmm. So I think it's when, you, you know, when you find out that they can't, you know, then what do you do? Do you try to? And this goes back to the the question. You know, what do you have a right to to kind of tell them hey look you've done this already you need to keep doing it uh or do you basically say look i think i've exhausted you and and i don't want to and i don't want you to feel like you you like the you know like if you don't continue this with me that that somehow you're deficient uh and then i think at that point regardless of what the relationship like you know how you mm-hmm. classify it i think that you probably are better for cutting ties i think i yeah. or or just lessening the intensity because i think you're you're just going to be disappointed and they're yes. going to feel horrible um and you're going to feel unloved and unfulfilled and, and unfulfilled and and i think it's okay to be like us i think we've been told so many times that that we are like weak because we're emotional yeah you know we're and we like to verbalize mm-hmm. And emotions get in the way. And mm-hmm. I can think about a hundred people that's flashed into my brain who've said this to me in the oh, yeah. course of Gosh. my life. And you and I have decided that we have a quicker, more efficient connection with empathy. Mm-hmm. And that makes us amazing. And I'm convinced of that. So uh, I'm not going to give that up. But I don't want to monopolize this moment. So tell me. Tell me what you think about. Really, tell me what you think about that phrase. You know, that you can't tell anybody what to do you have to decide what what you can deal with and if you have to exit a relationship or or lessen it what you know how do you deal with that I love that you mentioned you know there were a hundred people that flashed through your head who said said something to the effect of you know I can't 
give you what you want, or I can't ever make you happy, or you're too emotional, or you ask too much, or this relationship is too, is, <laughs> too intense. I think our, or the worst is, I think we're viewing this in different ways. <laughs> and, and I, I, I think for the other person, of course, this is not my way of excusing our value system, because of course I think it's the best, mm-hmm. but for the other person, I think they really feel inadequate. I think it's, I think they feel like, haven't I convinced you through my actions that I right. love you? Haven't right. I convinced you through my telling you I love you once, once a month that I love you? Right. <laughs> or haven't I convinced you through my commitment that I love you? Right. I'm here every and, day. Isn't yeah. that enough? And they've, and, and in some ways, I feel like it's a tragedy, you know, because people, mm-hmm. they, they do love us, mm-hmm. but it just, it's not what we need. And love does right. not equal compatibility. No. And love is not enough. Love is not enough. Love is not enough. Right. It's truly not enough. We have to have a simpatico. We have to have a shared value system. We have to have right. a shared language. Duh, definitely. Otherwise we're just going to feel insecure the whole time. Yeah. And we know yeah. what that brings. Yeah. It brings doubt. It brings arguing. It brings... Yeah. It just makes us... It makes us less of the people we want to be. Exactly. And it cheapens who we are. We feel like we have to mask... Apologize for who we are. Mask who we are. It's just not worth it at that point. So we kind of have to decide, is that something... And and like you said, it's totally on a spectrum. You know, there may be a situation where the, the person on the other side of the relationship gives to you most of the time in a way that you understand mm-hmm. verbalizes to you most of the time in a way that you understand. And perhaps that person is teachable and they could be responsive to what you want from them. Or so maybe they even tell you they want to, Yeah, they want to, or, they want to be where they're, with yeah, you. they're flexible. Yeah. They, they, they just need someone to prompt them. Mm-hmm. They don't even know sometimes mm-hmm. that, that that that's not what you want, and so you mm-hmm. have to you have to speak it to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that moves along the spectrum. Um, but you know, if they don't, if they're not willing to go there with you, then it really is a it really is a place where you have to say, I cannot force you right. to do this. I cannot force you to try to understand me. I simply just can't deal with it anymore. Right. And it, that, that is really up to you. It's up to you to decide what you can deal with. If you are living in a, a constant state of hell, mm-hmm. and we know what that's like when we get insecure, yeah. it's, not, it's just not worth it's it. Miserable. It's just, yeah, it's miserable, and it's just not worth it. But if there's some kind of wiggle room where you can kind of teach them and they can have some sort of mm-hmm. conversation about it, then... There's hope, I think. Mm-hmm. But again, that's up to you. Is that something that you want to deal with? It's not up to the other person to transform themselves. Right. It's not fair to them either. It's not fair. You shouldn't. Ha- we shouldn't have to transform ourselves, and they shouldn't either. Exactly. And if they're not willing to give that, it's not... Right. I thought for so long, I thought for so such, such a long time, so many years, that that was a, a personal thing. Like, I would get mad at people for not being on the level that oh, I yeah. wanted them to be on. Because they then, clearly are deciding not to. Right. They're ch- and, and it felt like they don't want to love me. Right. But the truth is, they just couldn't. 
Yeah. Some people can't. Some people can't. And that's, and, and, and really that those, those people should not feel criticized. No, they're just, no, no, their no. level, their, their, their ideas of intimacy and closeness are different. And, and I think with others like them, that works, works for them. So mm-hmm. I don't want to like sit here in judgment of them, except that, you know, everyone has a right to decide mm-hmm. what their own level of emotional involvement is in a relationship. The way that you and I talk about it, it's very verbal, very intimate, very open, honest all the time. And that's what we want. So we should be able to have what we want. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just like anybody else would say, Hey, look, this is, this is the way that I want to be. And they, they have that right. Mm-hmm. And it's not a matter of right and wrong at that point. It's just a matter of negotiation and right. trade. Well, you, and then can you get to a place where you're comfortable with that mm-hmm. and where you feel loved and, and you can give that love back without resentment? You know, can you do that? And if the answer is yet, yes, awesome. But if it's not, uh, then you probably should find a way to lessen that emotional connection. And I feel like that, the the latter, you know, if you reach a point where you do have to cut ties or lesser the connection, it makes it a lot easier to accept knowing that they weren't trying to hurt you. Yes. They weren't withholding something on purpose. And it really softens the blow. And it takes away the anger because right. it'll, it allows us to have compassion right. and to think about the end of that as... Mm-hmm you know, a, a kind of like a, just being on different, right. We're just different people. Value systems. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I've told you about this. I was like 26. So as, as we know that guys tend to bloom a little later, you know, emotionally for sure than, than women. Um, but like I was 26 <clears throat> and my sister had to kind of like, kind of snap me into reality that basically said, you know, everyone is not like you. And I don't know why in that moment I was ready to receive that truth, but it was like a light bulb moment. Like not everybody wants to have relationships like I want to have relationships. Not everybody thinks about relationships like I think about relationships. I just thought everyone, this sounds so naive and silly. And so please, if you're laughing, continue. But, <laughs> but like, I just thought we were all the same. I mean, I knew we weren't yeah. the same, but I just thought we all looked at intimacy and vulnerability and, and uh, you know, the same way. Oh, absolutely. You've said that to me But we don't. Times. Yeah. And we're just, that's, that's why these issues come. That's why this mm-hmm. friction point comes in relationships. Because I think, here's the thing, two people can really love each other and, or like each other, or they just, they're just drawn to each other. And then all of a sudden the give and take of normal relationship stuff starts happening. Yeah. And all of a sudden things just stop working really well. The clicking and the connecting stops working and things start to yeah. feel tense and awkward. And then one of you, obviously probably you, you know, since you're having the thought, you try to broach an issue with them. And it goes nowhere. I mean, haven't we been there? Oh, and yeah. it's like, I've misjudged this thing. And because yeah. we are natural fixers, what do we try to do? We try to like pull it apart and pick it up and turn it around. And like, yeah. just, we almost go the wrong direction with it. We like redouble our efforts. We and, create and, a problem well, almost. We, and this person and these people consequently, you know, these people in our lives that we've formed these special connections with is feel attacked. Yeah. Oh, oh. Right. Yep. They just will attack. And, and, and that's why, you know, it goes to the point we're talking about, you know, at that point, when you realize that mm-hmm. you can choose to lessen the connection. And, 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 and like you just said, it's not personal. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you tell me too, you know, Becky, you have to talk to people. You have to verbalize, you have to ask them questions and ask questions that prompt these kind of honest responses Mm -hmm. so that they have the chance to show you who they really are. Oh yeah. 
up front. I mean, and again, this is this is whoever you just you are picking in your life to be close to in whatever kind of way. Right. You you have to verbalize up front mm-hmm. all of these prompts and questions that right. allow the other person to show their value system. Right. That makes it that's just management at that point cuz <laughs> that's cuz Jer- Jeremy and I are the type of people who I mean, if somebody just as much as smiles at us, we're like all right, so this is the beginning, and right, it's never be, ending. It's never ending. Let's be best friends. But no, yeah. it's at that that point. Like you're right, you have to vet them hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I and and people th- people take that as like, what are you doing? Why are you <laughs> grilling me like this? Right. Why are you so intense? Can't we just have dinner? I thought yeah, we were having dinner. Yeah, can we just have dinner? <laughs> like I just want to talk about sports. I don't want to talk about your feelings. Yeah. And we're like, no, we have to do this because we have to manage ourselves. Right. It can be overwhelming for others who just aren't like us. Yeah, and guess what? They get to decide if that's something that they want to put up with. Right, exactly, and we can decide that too. Right. But yeah. So if you're one of my friends and you've been asked 640 questions, that's (laughs) the whole reason. So the truth comes out. But yeah, we are comfortable with that. Or or when or when our friend when our friend cries on us Mm -hmm. and apologizes and deflects and. Makes themselves feel bad for being open with us. We we just love that. We just yeah, love so, that. Just set up that scenario a little bit better, because I I, I I know what you're trying to say, but can you yeah. just set that up a little bit better? So so, we've been in situations where people have people people our friends yeah. have come to us and have. Usually, it's we we know that something's up, something's wrong mm-hmm. with them, and so we, you know. Push a little bit. We push a little. We get them to open up, and they start talking to us, whether it's about a feeling that that they're having or something from their childhood that they don't like or so, whatever kind of pain. It could, all pain is pain. Mm-hmm. So whatever kind of pain. And when they are open and they they cry or they share with us what's going on, we love that. Yeah. And a lot of times what happens is they deflect. They're not, they're, they're willing for a moment to show us who they really are. They're willing for a moment to like surrender to our care. Mm-hmm. And then they deflect and say, it's not a big deal. And they pull back and they take that away. Yeah. And we just, we just love that. Yeah. We like that space that was created by the, because tr- it feels like trust. And it, it is trust. It feels like trust. Well, it is exactly. trust. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the next time you see him, it's like, everything is fine. You're like, what happened? Yeah. You know, don't I get this again? Yeah. Like, <laughs> can we I wanna, help you again? <laughs> can we do like a little like post-op? Can we like check in again? Yeah. And then they act like nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's just, you know, that's just who we are. Right. And we love that. Yeah. So, yeah, this is like, this is a topic that I think we've just scratched the surf- surface on. I, I think it's something... I know that I, I, I really, I, I feel like I've monopolized a lot of the time and talked a lot, but no, no, no. I, I really want, I really want you to explain more next time, but I, because I, you and I have talked a lot about this and maybe we should go into specific, um, scenarios, especially in romantic relationships where I think oh, it gosh. really gets complicated, yeah. um, because of, because of the, the physical characteristics yeah. of, of romantic relationships and how that kind of obfuscates and hides oh. the true intentions of people. It totally skews. And it, and it like i said separate separate yeah. multi-part podcast on that but but anyway this has been great again and i just think that those who are listening and of course you and i can never say this enough to each other 
that we really don't have the right to tell people they're not good enough. What we really have the right to say is like, you know, you and I are, you know, you and I don't, not, it's not a match. It's, not, it's a match. not a match, whether it's romantic or friendship. It's just, it's just not a match like that. Uh, you know, you might not want to articulate that per se, but then, <laughs> but, but definitely right. you have to withdraw for your own mental health mm -hmm. and, and wellness and, mm -hmm. and just let, let those people in a sense go because yeah. you can't change them. You have no right to change them. You don't mm -hmm. get to, it's mm -hmm. not fair. And you don't have the right to make them feel inadequate mm -hmm. or deficient or like failures. And some of those people that we, we don't have that connection with, but we have, have at, at once have tried to have that connection with, some of those people are really sensitive mm -hmm. and they will feel bad and they will feel rejected and they will feel like they did something wrong. Mm -hmm. And so we have to make it super clear that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't have a right to change them and they don't have a right to change us. So. Mm -hmm. We just, we just have to be really objective yeah. and say, you know, this this puzzle is just not, you know, that we got two two separate pieces of different puzzles and yeah. it's just not working. Can't put them together. Yeah. All right. It's been a great talk. We've reached the part of the podcast where we talk about what we are grateful for, and we just believe this is so important because it connects what we have in the moment to enjoy and to love and to lean on and it helps us focus and align ourselves with what we already have and it leaves us in a place of fulfillment and contentment and kind of takes away the longing that seems to parade our thoughts mm -hmm. most of the day yeah. so jeremy what are you thankful for today what's your gratitude of the day well i know some people are probably going can you please lessen the emotional intensity i can't take it anymore <laughs> i'm already on my third shot of tequila i can't take it anymore <laughs> and speaking of of imbibing i was just thinking <laughs> i'm super thankful uh for coffee oh, uh, i love legal addictive stimulants um <laughs> but legal addictive stimulants known as caffeine I, it was, LAS. Yeah, Legal it was. It was. It was just, look, it was a long night. You know, we we yeah. were talking a long time, and you know, since we're all both on vacation, and we just got, we went to sleep really late, and I just think, what, what you know, coffee just can help you perk up. But you know, for you and me, and for so many other people, it's like that's like a beverage around which <laughs> people can find the energy to talk. Oh yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm going to bring it back into an emotional spectrum. Sorry, everyone. Oh, I love but, that. Like, <laughs> but like, but like, co coffee is super great, and. um you know, you and I have a ton of memories and, you know, we both have a ton of great memories with other people around coffee. So, so yeah, today it's, um, there's not a whole lot of gratitude toward heavy duty stuff, but definitely around something that makes both of our lives a whole lot better. Oh, I love that. I just had a flashback to our first, the first time that we walked to get coffee years yeah. ago. Yeah. Years I ago. That. I remember specifically the conversation that we had. Oh goodness. We don't have to go into that. Okay. But I remember that, and it was really great. Oh, that's super great. I love that. Yay for coffee feels. Yay for coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> coffee love. Woo. Coffee love. All right, your turn. What are you grateful for? And if it was coffee, I'm really sorry I took yours. I I need another cup. Like, I've got I've got a few drops left, but um, could always could always have another cup. So, yeah, you, you kind of took that one from me. Um, today, today I am grateful to be living in Atlanta. I really just love Atlanta. I've got so many hopes and dreams for this city and for my life here. And I'm really grateful that I was able to um, 
be a part of something totally different. So yeah. that's what I'm grateful for today. That's great. Perspective changes. Oh gosh, that's sometimes geography is the best perspective change that can be a change Absolutely. in geography. All right, so ladies first today. All right, and this is the part of the of the podcast where we do our confession of love. Again, this is uh, where we tell each other what we love about each other, which I just think is so beautiful and. I'm grateful that we, I'm grateful that we can do that. Here I go being emotional again. That's good. Sorry, this is a relation, uh, a podcast about relationships. So That's sorry, not get. sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, you you have a right to decide if you don't want to listen. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you do. But no, I'm I'm really grateful that we have that we that we have uh, language that we have the tools to ex- express ourselves and to to share love. Um, so what I love about you is I love that you are just so fun. And I t- I tell you this a lot and I feel like I just can't I, I just can't express exactly what I'm trying to say, but be- I because I just always come back to I always say you're just so fun, but you're you're truly just so fun. You laugh and you make me laugh and your jokes always make me laugh and we we just, you and I both have this unique ability to find so much joy in the very, very minute parts of, of, of everyday life. Mm-hmm. And I kind of mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but you and I don't really have hobbies. We're not really hobby-driven people. Mm-hmm. We have things that we like to do, but we're not really... No, it's a fair assessment. Yeah. We've, we've often said our hobbies are people. Our hobbies are people. And so... I, which sounds which sounds on one level really bad, but that's not what we mean. Yeah, we just love people. That's where we like to put our energy. Exactly, but you and I both you and I both have these like shared things that we we really like. We like mm-hmm. going to the grocery store, and mm-hmm. we like coffee, and we like clothes, and we like mm-hmm. going on walks, and yeah. all of that is just really really fun. And you you understand fun in a way that I understand fun, and we never bore each other with that. Mm-hmm. And so often I feel like we, those are things that bore other people and it, mm-hmm. it's never boring with you. You're just so fun. And, and you make me feel accepted in that way. And, and I love you for that. Oh, that's great. I like that. I love that a lot. Feels. Feels. Total feels. No, I think we've talked about this too. Is like, not to go back to the podcast, but like humor if someone laughs at us, oh. it says I accept you. Oh, it's the best. It, you know what I mean? It really <laughs> yeah. does. And so you and I do that for each other. Mm-hmm. And it's not a forced thing, which even makes it more special. Right. Okay. Uh, what, my confession of love for you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something about you, to every, you know, about you to everyone. And it might feel at first like a little bit of a criticism, but it's not. Okay. So one of the things that Becky's nervous now, because <laughs> um, so one of the things that you and I have talked about before, is we've talked about like we, as we express how we feel to people or or to each other, like you seem to have a little bit of a hang up um, against like allowing like what well, I'll say something to you about what I really love and appreciate about you, and you will not you you will share that that feeling with me, but you won't say it. 
because mm. you want it to be meaningful in a context of your choosing. Like what you basically say, I feel like what you're saying is like, it feels disingenuous mm. if I say, I, for instance, I love you right after I say it, or I appreciate this thing about you. And you say, well, I appreciate that too. It just feels, it feels like the easiest gesture. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of feels like when you're 16 and somebody says, oh my gosh, I love your shirt. And you feel inclined to say, oh my gosh, I love your shoes. But if you, but you may really love their shoes, but then you feel like, oh, well, I only, uh, I said that because I, I, I meant it, but now they think it's a reaction. And right. so that's how, that's, that's no, how I, I feel and I, and sometimes. I, and I, sometimes. And yeah. And I, and I totally understand that. But like, I think, you know, we talked about the fact that saying how you feel after somebody says how they feel, doesn't necessarily make it any less true. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it's not any less significant if I lead on that. So what I, what my confession of love is, is that like, I felt like, uh, some of our conversations last night, you know, you had, you had no trouble, I guess you had no trouble in kind of leading in some of those, in some of those conversations. And then when I followed it up with a similar sentiment right back to you, I just knew by looking at you that, that you believed it. And I'm just saying, because you're on the other side of it. You were on the other side of it last night when we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you probably even thought about whether or not it was genuine or not. I, yeah. And that's why I think it just doesn't matter. And so I, I guess what I'm, what I'm saying I love and appreciate about you is your willingness to kind of go into that, that space with me and kind of realize that, you know, I can say this. I can echo a sentiment and have it mean every bit as much um, as if I came up with it on my own and said it on my own terms at the time of my choosing. Aww. So thanks for willing to adjust and just see things from my point of view. So that's, that's one of the things I, I love about you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. That's so sweet. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for spending this time with us uh, on our third episode. It's been uh, super great. Always super great to spend this time with you talking, Becky. And um, in a little bit, she's going to tell you how to reach out to us if you need to, which we'd love to hear. Uh, we always love to hear from you. And I hope you feel good about today because I do. I do. Great. If you would like to reach out to us with any questions or comments or suggestions, we would love to hear from you. Or if you just want to say hi, send us an email at 100daysayearpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's 100daysayearpodcast at gmail.com. Not 100, but just 100. Also, if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, our handle is 100 Days a Year Podcast. Go ahead and give us a follow.